You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we take interesting people with interesting taste in music and talk to them about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, we are chatting with David Mitchell of Montreal-based emo band Golfer. Golfer have just put out a new full-length LP, which sees them departing from some of the math rock influences that they've been known for in the past. And with that departure comes a new, more mature and more refined sound. So we're very excited to have David from Golfer with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Um, but anyway, man, thanks, uh, thanks a ton for, for chatting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was listening to a couple past episodes. And... Oh, no way, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Of course. That's awesome. I love a good um, podcast, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? And, you know, it's just got to do something, right? Just to, to stay busy, yeah. stay engaged. That's, uh, that's, that's the name of the game. Um, so I wanted to start off. Um, there was a time in my life where I was really, really into math rock. Um, I remember sort of in like the last couple of years of high school and even in like that first year of me living in McGill, it seemed like math rock was like the thing in Montreal. Um, And my understanding just from like reading about you guys is that you started off and even just listening, the math rock thing, you seem to have sort of moved away from it a little bit. And it seems like the music scene at large has also kind of backed away from it a little bit. It seems to be less on the forefront. Now, it's possible that that's because... I'm just less exposed to it. Um, but what do you, like, where do you see math rock at currently? And and what brought about the sort of the shift for you guys as a band to sort of move away from it a little bit? I think, I think like any trend, the things are pretty cyclical, you know, like um, yeah. they have, they have their moment with one generation and then that generation maybe like fulfills it to whatever place they can take it furthest and then kind of, there's nowhere else to take it. And then maybe any right. generation like sort of steps in and does their own thing with it. And like, uh, I think for us, like, like exactly what you said, like that was the sound that really brought us together at first. Right. And like, like maybe was the first sound to like inform what we wanted to do. But right. like right off the bat, um, when we first started the band, we got very into the, the emo revival thing that was kind of right. like beginning to, pop off at the time so it was like that was kind of like our hook as a band we're, we're a math rock band that that has sort of like been discovering 90s emo emo revival stuff and we're going to combine the two yeah so yeah. that was that was like sort of one trend leading into another and then maybe around 2015 2016 the kind of like fever pitch of emo revival was sort of peaking out right and and I think for us, it was, it was again, about trying to, like, well, how do... Not about just, like, chasing trends, but, but, but about kind of, like, being in tune with, like, what we were into and maybe yeah. trying to add that into the equation um, to just keep whatever records we're putting out relevant with what, you know, is inspiring us and influencing, influencing us at the time. So I think the two primary songwriters in the band... And I think all of us, to varying degrees, um, got really into like 
wider the wider scope of indie rock and right. and um i think like the band duster uh was like a big a big turning point for a lot of us and like right. that whole kind of like slowcore sound and a lot of bands like contemporary bands coming up sort of with that kind of sound and right and shoegaze and just like like sort of indie rock 101 stuff like like pavement and built a spill and and all all that stuff coming into our lives um and forming the way we were writing songs and then sort of on this record trying to like marry that all with with our pre-existing influences you know right. and, and that's kind of the, the product is is the record that we just put out but i think there is like a really cool new generation like the, the gen z math rock scene right uh with standards and, and floral and Rob Ford Explorer and Shelfie, like there's a lot of really cool, yeah, new bands coming keeping up, keeping the dream alive, keeping yeah, keeping the dream, dream alive, but doing their own thing with it, and like, um, it feels very, like almost like like hookier and poppier and more melodic than ever, which is like right. kind of unprecedented, maybe not entirely, but math rock has never been like a catchy sound, so it's <laughs> cool to see like this crop of bands, you know, maybe being more in tune with like melody or, or or maybe being the first crop of bands to like use like youtube and tiktok and and, and social media and instagram to like you know sh- showcase themselves playing riffs or like doing like this band standards is really good at like doing zany silly things right with math rock on social media and so that's been really cool to see that people are keeping it alive and doing new things with it and, and, and expanding on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like the cyclical nature of things is, is like so spot on. I mean, I, I also do feel like something needs to happen with it or, or rather like I would hope that something happens where it, where it does become more like you said, sort of poppy and palatable. Um, but emo is a genre in and of itself that as, as you alluded to has like a lot of rises and falls like um there's this great music podcast called the ongoing history of new music with alan cross and he has like a whole episode devoted entirely to like the ebb and flow of emo from sort of like mainstream music and he seems to think that like the you know 2020 could be the year where it's uh, making a comeback and, and and a lot of that a lot of that prediction seemed to hinge on my chemical romance getting back together but what do you uh what do you make of that prediction well, I mean, it's it's a little bit apples and oranges, like comparing one of the biggest arena rock bands right. for the last twenty years to like basement bands. Yeah, like, I, it depends. Like, it depends what we're talking about. Are we talking about like that that two thousand three, two thousand five, two thousand seven sound coming back right. and playing arenas? Like, I I don't know. I can't speak to that. Right. But if 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 we're talking about like the relevancy of like new exciting young bands doing like like similar to math rock you know there's maybe like our generation 2013 2014 Mm -hmm. 2012 that like did our thing and kind of went away and now there's a whole new crop of gen z emo bands and like counterintuitive records and like that whole world um that are like doing something fresh and like have a big community going on twitter and yeah and like there's a whole new generation of kids that like missed our era, right. which is what people might call like the fourth wave, right? Uh, or like emo revival, and now there's like a whole 
fifth wave that people call have called uh, like everything from like sparkle punk to weed emo to party emo like there's all these right. crazy niche words for it but you know like mom jeans prince daddy hyena like, there's there's a, a bunch of new bands that are like having a lot of success yeah um from like a maybe like a, a new generation of emo so that to mcr reuniting playing arenas is, is like a, there's a, a the, oh there's yeah a hundred yeah, total, like, total apples and oranges so i can speak to like maybe what's what's closer to like our right little world but about that's... like Sorry, no, I don't think any. I don't think any of those bands are are flirting with any kind of like mainstream. Yeah, you know, notoriety or whatever. Right, and that's and that's kind of what I was more interested in, right? Because like it's easy to say that like a genre is coming back because like the big band of that genre is playing arenas again, but that doesn't, you know, as you alluded to, like that's entirely separate from like what's going on like on the ground. Yeah, um, no, it also it also like opens up uh, an unfortunate can of what is emo which is yeah. never a fun discussion it's like right. yeah but but you know like like i still would say that there's a pretty distinct difference between like you said what's what's happening on on in the on twitter versus what's happening in arenas you know right but that's a whole other discussion yeah yeah fair enough i don't want to open up that can of worms
Um, all right, so you picked a bunch of uh, a bunch of albums for us. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what the exercise was. Um, so, I think I maybe misunderstood it, but so I, if I'm not mistaken, you picked a bunch of albums. So what I'm going to get you to do, um, so we we we're going to stick with the Can- so it's basically five songs and then okay. a Canadian album. Right. Um, and the reason for the Canadian album is to fill the CanCon quota. Sure, certainly. Um, so you know. But but basically, you know, we can we can just take have you pick a tune off of each of these albums if that's cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna kick off with Coheed and Cambria, um, the second stage Turbine Blade. Uh, what song do you? What's your favorite tune off this album, and uh, and what do you like about it? Um, it's gonna be hard, especially because I haven't sat with these records to pick a song, but I'll right. just sort of do my best to to come up with one off top and it's hard because like I, I love all the songs on all these records right. for different reasons but uh the song the song 33 is jumping out of me for from second stage um uh we'll go with 33 what do i like right. about it um it's kind of like it's kind of always been like maybe aside from devil in jersey city kind of like the the pop song on that record right um and there's there's there are definitely a lot of like headier five minute like prog rock songs on, on that record right. but i guess I've, i'm drawn to the pop songs on that record these days so we go, right. we go 33 it's yeah it's a perennial, cool. perennial favorite when i'm looking for a pop song yeah of course well so and then so i'm interested in bands that you know perhaps have like less mainstream palatable music but then they have like that that kind of that popular tune and there seems to be a whole new layer added to that these days in terms of like how you have to structure a song in order to get it streamed um what how do you kind of deal with that pressure that's uh that seems to be increasingly put on artists these days um to sort of get songs on spotify playlists and things like that well when we were writing this record like we um we didn't. I don't think we th- thought about it too much, and I mentioned that to say that like we are maybe thinking about it a lot more um, with the record we're writing now. Right. I think a lot of that has to do with now we're working with Royal Mountain, and like Royal Mountain is a label that does have, you know, a bunch of artists who can maybe cross over a little bit more into like the indie mainstream. Right. And like they have resources to get us on Sirius XM and, and, yeah, and get us on on maybe more playlists and stuff and mm-hmm. and they've been they've like and and whereas you know Top Shelf is more of like a a niche specialty label like I would I would argue that Royal Mountains may be more of like a broadly like popular label in a lot of ways right. and, and and so it's kind of like for the first time we have people you know with stronger opinions about like what a, what a single what the best single could be you know and right. an interesting story about this record is that um what ended up kind of being like the 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 single of focus uh, was a song called nature kids and we did like a our first real like um budget music video for it and all that kind of stuff and like right. that song was not actually ever intended to be a single right. uh, and then and then at the very sort of end of like the pre-release process we we signed with Royal Mountain like very very last minute and right. they were like no like um 
this this should be a single. This should be the one that we we push. And so, and I I definitely like in the back of my mind I always agreed with them, but for whatever reason like we we just didn't choose that one. Like it, it could have been we could have flipped a coin on 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 a song right. called Blurry or, or a song called Nature Kids, and um and so it was really cool to to have someone step in and be like, no, like this this is the song I hear played on Sirius. This is the song that like. I, I, I envision us getting onto the right Spotify playlist. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been exciting to have like a, to have ears um, outside of the band. We, 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 we've had that before with Top Shelf, but to have more ears outside of the band, right. maybe saying like, um, this is the right song for potential radio opportunities for playlisting and stuff. And yeah. now when we're, we're writing this new record and for the first time ever kind of like, demoing and doing pre-production and not just writing 10 songs and rushing to record them and right. trying to like like pick the best songs and pick some kind of like theme within the songwriting and stuff like right now we're like okay like we're like almost not overthinking it but it's it's it's, it's definitely on our mind for the first time ever like yeah what's what's the single potential is this too poppy for our band like right like this, will this not make sense in a record because it's too straightforward like those are some pretty interesting conversations that we've, we've never had before, but they're exciting because I think at this point in our lives, like, like um, the goals are to like be on rotation and serious and like get opportunities. Like we've maybe gotten other things out of our system earlier on, like, like writing crazy riffs that crazy mathy songs that like, you know, would be a harder sell. Yeah. You know, serious or whatever. So, it's almost like you guys are kind of, you know, in a way, and this is a bit of a cliche, but it's like you're kind of growing up a little bit. It's like, okay, yeah, how, are, how are we going to make this work? That's been the narrative, I think, around a lot of, like, the press around a new, a new record. Like, right. just, you know, like, especially with what I was referring to before, like this this, this inclusion of, of more traditional, like, indie rock influences. Right. You know, it's like the easy thing to say and, and not an inaccurate thing to say from a critical perspective would be like, Okay, this like silly emo math rock band has finally like mm-hmm. matured or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I guess we're just rolling with that.
Um, all right, so next is uh, is Burial with uh, with their album Untrue. Um, so, and I'm I'm gonna get you to pick a song from it, but I also like I kind of I was hoping we could get into UK garage music. Yeah. Um, just because now, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, <laughs> well, UKG discussion. Yeah, man. Well, I because I only have ever known it just because of its influence on grime, which is like. You know. Well, I mean, grime grime comes from garage. Grime yeah, exactly. MCs, you know, spitting over garage or spitting over jungle, and then it just right. became its own genre. So it's, right, okay. So that's fundamentally the same music. Right. But you know, fifteen years of convergence or whatever. Right. right. So, like, how would you describe the genre? Um, and uh, and then what's uh, what's a song? What's your favorite tune off this record? And what do you like about it? Well, the genre of garage is is it's it's pretty wide and widely encompassing thing because you have like it was in in the late 90s like fundamentally like a a subgenre of pop music in the uk you know like all extending all the way to like people like craig david and daniel whittingfield who like use garage for like top 40 hits in north america like right like those two artists you know um crossed over internationally with 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 garage beats over Mm over the records, you know, and then like, and then if you go into the UK, there's like a million songs that charted high that like people internationally don't know, but like right. at that time period, you know, it was like, it was like a big club sound in the UK, but not even like an underground club sound. It was like a, it was like people would like pop champagne bottles right. in the club and listen to it, you know, it was like very mainstream. And then, but it also came from, from, you know, the, the broken beat bass music like paradigm of like jungle and stuff, which which mm-hmm. is and can be like a very dark um, experimental genre. So I think right. I think what drew me to, to Garage in the first place, um, probably because my introduction to this this whole genre of music, you know, is this record, is what people maybe would call two step or like or like dark garage, which is like right. 
people taking the that foundational like broken skippy beat of garage mm -hmm. making it more techy and more broken and then just instead of it being like really poppy catchy vocally songs it just became this really dark right. um emotional experimental sound that led to dubstep like like right. dark dark garage two-step just eventually evolved into dubstep a few years later right um so this burial record um i think is like the maybe the best ever example of like dark emotional minimal two-step garage um yeah. and it's just very important to me because like it led me to um certain genres of drum and bass it led me to crime it led me to falling in love with like poppy garage it led me down a big dubstep road or whatever like all, right. all you know footwork uk funky like like all of those genres um are are very important to me yeah. and and are genres that I'm, I'm deeply involved in as a listener and a fan and none of this potentially would have been introduced to me without this record so right um I, I think maybe with all that said, I'll go with the last track, Raver. Okay, um, sweet. Because I don't know. It, it just feels like it, it, it ties all that stuff that I just mentioned in uh, yeah. together. Yeah, sweet, man.
Um, all right. So uh, next is uh, Illuvium with uh, Talk Amongst the Trees. Uh, what uh, what songs do you want to go with off this one? Uh, I think like the the, the centerpiece um, to, for this record for me um, has always been a 17 minute long track called Taken. Okay. <laughs> um, so we. Uh, we'll 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 punish the listeners with the, with the <laughs> seventeen minutes of uh, of drone here. I'll have to cut this part out for the radio version. Yeah, but, no, no, uh, no. but let's let's do it. What's and the song's called Taken. Yeah. All right. So I mean, they're all pretty long. Right. So talk to me about long songs. I mean, like you know, I, I there was a time in my life when I used to sort of worship at the altar of Rush. But it seems to who are obviously notorious for long songs, but it seems to me that that at a certain point it can get to be a bit kind of long winded and pretentious and just a bit like, you know, there's something to be said for conciseness, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, do you do you see it the same way? Like, do you see that sometimes there are long songs that kind of overdo it? Or are you just like a fan of that, of just like long songs through and through? Well, it's very circumstantial. Like, I'm, I'm very like particular what I put on. Like, if I want to clean my house and do the dishes, or if I'm going on a, a walk, like I'm not right. going to put on a, an Alluvium record because like I'm going to put on like a Garage Mix, or I'm going to mm-hmm. put on a Screamo record, or like something that boosts me up and 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 keeps me stimulated and like is energetic and right. maybe something I can like maybe something I can cling on to like melodically or, right. or, or rhythmically, which like, you know, this record fulfills neither of those, but like when, <laughs> I'm, trying, when I'm trying to just like, and it, yeah, it's, it, this, this doesn't occur super frequently, but there are moments where I'm just trying to like zone out or like, it's a good like pre sleep record or Sweet. Uh, a lot of Alluvium, maybe not this record, but a lot of his other material is very good. Like, like I'm not feeling well and I can't stand real music, but like these really soft, right, minimal tones are very comforting. Like it's yeah. it's very it's very circumstantial music. Um, so it's like it's hard to really say like long songs, short songs, because like I'm not exclusively listening to like 17 minute songs right. in my life. Um, right. <laughs> just like when certain moments call for it or when you like smoke too much weed or whatever and like you can't <laughs> you can't handle like r- you know more traditionally structured music it's just like yeah. okay just give me 17 minutes of whooshy noises that are beautiful and I, yeah. i'll just like scroll on my phone because this is all i can handle right now like <laughs> that's kind of where, where, where it comes in for me and i think a lot of this like this whole list is like is like my favorite like albums like from yeah. teen- you know, like this, these are like my all timer yeah. 500 albums. You know, so it's like it's harder for me to connect to them like this week because these are like right. rec- records that meant a lot to me at like 19 or whatever. Right. Um, I and I still you. listen to a lot, but it's like it's, it's they're, they're not fresh for me to like have relevant commentary on. But, yeah. but I can say that like maybe I had more of an attention span at that age. Like right. I was, I was more. Like the idea of sitting down and, and, and putting a record on and just sitting yeah. there and listening. Like I just like it was I was I was I was a sponge for a lot of the stuff at that age, you know? Right. It was like so new and exciting to me. 
So yeah, definitely not where I'm at as much these days. Right. But like when it hits, it hits, and when the, the moment is right for it, it's you know the moment is right for it. And I think it's, yeah. it has been really interesting in the last eight or nine months that we are you know way more stuck at home, whatever, and like right. and like the I'm always listening to music, but like I'm not if I'm at work or whatever so, sometimes. But like mm-hmm. so, I think I am listening to music more, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more of these kind of like weird in between moments where i just put a, a record on like this and kind of just zone yeah. out because yeah. that's just where i'm at in life you know so yeah. so yeah it has been a really fun time to reconnect with um some of these like late teen early 20 favorites yeah just of course have the time for 17 minute songs <laughs> yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah, i wouldn't often have the time for them when you know i'm out and about working or, or on tour or like you know yeah. doing normal pre-covid life so yeah, it's interesting because I have been reconnecting with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I have the time for it, so. Well, it does feel like just people in sort of yours and my generation, it does feel like our attention spans with respect to music just en masse are kind of dwindling down. Like, again, you're, you're so right. Like, the idea of just, like, and, and, and occasionally I will try and force myself to do it, but, like, the the idea of, like, you know, sitting down and just soaking in a record, it's just... I find myself being like too fidgety to even handle that. And like yeah. to say nothing of like, you know, a 17 minute song, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially just like sitting around at home. Like that's why a lot of the time these days when I do want to like listen to something for the first time, I'll go on a walk with it. So it's yeah, like, totally. So it's like uh, my phone is not a distraction. Like the, my computer's not a distraction. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just like sitting and I have, I have nothing or standing walking and I have nothing else to do besides like focus on this record. And then right. like, I'll do that a couple times and then, okay, like I know this record enough to like listen to it while doing other things. Yeah. But, but like, you know, once a week, once every two weeks when there's a record I've been really looking forward to that maybe requires like a bit of a, uh, an attentive listening session. Like I'll just go on a walk with it. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully no records I care about come out between the months of January and March. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, I don't know. I'm going to have to like, find some indoor walk and walk and track or something or yeah, like man. punish myself in the snowstorms but yeah. i don't know not looking forward to that but yeah that's really where i've been connecting with new music yeah. in the most profound way when i when i when i force myself to like be alone with it instead right. of sitting at home and having all the inevitable distractions that come with you know yeah. a computer and a phone you know yeah, where you can go get some like some big winter boots and go for a go for a. Yeah, stroll. no, I definitely plan on it. It's just like it's gonna be so much less casual and. Oh, like, totally, because it's I a battle. Just like getting out for a second, like even this week, it's just like put on a fall jacket and some, yeah, and whatever shoes, right? Um, but that just it just won't be that easy. No, not at all. It'll take a lot more like willpower. Yeah, especially where also, you live. Yeah, and it'll also be like less fun like just like like if it's snowing and windy and shit, like, it'll be harder to like just pull my phone out and like change the song or check the weather right. pull out something to smoke like or whatever it is like it'll just be like it, it, like the summer was great for just like yeah just go, go out in a pair of shorts yeah and, and not worry about like snow blowing in your face or like <laughs> freezing, freezing your butt off whatever so yeah i hear you we'll see, um, we'll see how it plays out yeah no doubt
it's funny to hear you mention the fall of Troy like that like you said that name and all these memories from like high school and shit just came sure. flooding back to me like yeah. um and it's funny because like you know they're a band where you know as I'm sure you can imagine, you're not one is not always in the right headspace to listen to Fall of Troy. Right. Uh, like, like any of the music we're talking about, it's very exactly. substantial. It's like yeah. the other day I was like I was going on a walk, but it was like it was like a it wasn't like a fun walk, it was like a walk to get somewhere and I was in a rush. I was like, yeah. Fall of Paul Troy. Like yeah. that'll get me there. Totally. You know what I mean? But it's like I'm, yeah. or like, yeah, like I'll definitely like finish this podcast and like wash the dishes to the fall of Troy and then I'll yeah. finish washing the dishes and I will not continue listening to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it will like get me through that 15 minutes of cleaning my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it'll serve that purpose and it'll be great for that purpose. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so nostalgic for me too, right? Like I'll, I'll throw it on my phone sometimes if like, as you say, like if I'm doing something like, again, like walking somewhere in a rush or something like that, but it just like, Man, and even just hearing you say that, just like that name, because it's it's they're so not often talked about in my social circles that it, it really it really takes me back. Yeah, and 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 I like definitely checked out of like that whole world of music. Like, yeah, I re- I renounced it from like you know maybe age seventeen, eighteen to like age twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, and then around you know twenty three, twenty four, I like dove back into all of it and mm-hmm. like reconnected with a lot of it and. I remember that sensation too at that time. It was like, wow, I completely wrote this off. Yeah. But it's like, it's so good. And it's so, it's so much more connected to like these other genres of music that I'm yeah. listening to than I might've assumed. Cause I just associated with it, it with this like broader scene that I thought right, was maybe right. a little bit cringy, but like, but like when you, when you have that, let's say, um, perspective yeah um and you you get a little bit older and can see things from maybe a a broader perspective like you can you can see that okay the fall of troy and some other bands that i thought were maybe cooler or more relevant or more like underground whatever they're they're way closer than you might suspect yeah for sure for sure but Um, then then there's the interesting phenomenon of like i often will have trouble connecting to records that like I didn't I don't know from these bands it's just like it's like the records I loved when I was around for them and then like I can't get into their newer stuff yeah so that's like been interesting to to like interact with like trying to like get into a band's discography and it just doesn't hit because the that nostalgic connection with the songs isn't there yeah yeah because it's not the same ones that you were listening to yeah yeah Um, it's, it's case by case yeah yeah of course like anything right
Um, all right, so uh, we're going to wrap up, but before we do, um, we're going to end by listening to Forget Friendly. Uh, what can you tell us about this tune, and what can you tell the listeners about where to check you out, where to find you, and what they can uh, what they can expect to hear from you? Um, well, this was this was always like the the lead single in our minds, right? Which was interesting because it wasn't Toro Mountain, but we it's actually funny. We filmed the music video for this a year ago, I think, yesterday. Right, um, which is great. We got it in before before COVID. Yeah, but for um, real. yeah, I don't know. It was it was always the song that like um, felt strongest to us, and it's like that intro um, is a pretty big departure from like anything we've done, where it's just kind of just like strumming power chords in yeah. or you know, um, and we just thought it was like a, a great statement as far as like a first song goes, where it's yeah. like. Okay, we're doing a bit of a d- d- departure, but like if you listen to like the forty-five second mark, you'll hear tapping, and you'll yeah. hear, and you'll hear like the classic sound, and and maybe this is like a great way to like. There are a bunch of mathy parts in the song, right? So the hope was like to put it out and to be like, so like keep older listeners who wanted those elements, yeah, interested, but to maybe also like have an intro or a chorus or whatever you want to call that part that like bridges the gap play on a Spotify playlist and wouldn't completely yeah. alienate a more casual listener. Right. Right. Um, and I don't know, like, I think it, to me, it's like the best sounding song on the record, just the way it came out. And, yeah. and it's definitely like um, maybe the most indicative of like our current influences and our historical influences. And right. I don't know. We just thought it was like, a great lead single as far as like um showcasing all of that yeah um and yeah i don't know uh twitter uh golf for golfer instagram um is golfer but it's two letters like g-g-u-u-l-l-f-f-e-e-r-r uh, i don't think anyone uses facebook anymore so don't bother with that <laughs> um the, the record our self-titled records out uh on royal mountain and top shelf um We've got an exciting uh, live session coming out pretty soon. If you want to hear uh, some of the records, some of the songs from that record in a live setting, uh, stay stay peeled on the YouTube. Um, check out the video for Nature Kids. Uh, it's the first video we ever made with a budget, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, new music um, before you might suspect new music. Um, All right, so stay peeled for that. Thanks very much to David from Golfer for joining us this week. Uh, As always, you can find full episodes of this show wherever you get your podcasts. Just look up Having a Chat. The show is produced by myself and Hillary Johnston. All social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker. So don't forget to check us out on social media at Having a Chat. Theme song is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugar Glass. And to wrap up this week's show, this is Golfer with Forget Friendly. Forget Friendly.